What's up, everybody? This is the betrayed, the addicted, and the expert. My name is Brandon, and I am the expert. And I'm Ashlyn, and I was the betrayed. And I'm Kobe, the recovering addict. What you're gonna get is three unique perspectives on recovery and tools for hope and healing. Let's talk about overcoming isolation. Uh, really interesting things are happening as we're building this platform. Um, we were just talking about this. Uh, what we're noticing is, is we're getting a lot of people um, listening to our content, really liking what we're doing, but not a ton of people sharing our content. And um, I think it's pretty obvious why. Uh, there the, might be a few obvious reasons. Right? Yeah, the, na- <laughs> the name of our podcast is The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert. We talk about sex addiction. Um, and we talk about relationship issues and problems and, you know, people aren't that eager to jump all over social media and Facebook and say, Hey, this is what I follow. (laughs) And, um, yeah. And so, uh, but, but that's reflective of a bigger issue in recovery, both from betrayal and from addiction. And you guys are the, the pros on not being isolated with your problem um you're definitely out there (laughs) don't say that because people are like annoying um we lived in isolation for most of our marriage okay right and so um now you're out with it right people know you as this couple who's worked through a lot of things um and and so there are so many people like you say ashlyn you lived in isolation for a long time right and there's so many people who are in isolation right now, struggling and suffering either with addiction or in a marriage that they ha- they've, they've experienced betrayal, but they're all alone. And um, they might be listening to our podcast. And what we want to talk um, to today is we want to talk to them and talk to you about um, what isolation will do to you. How do you break out of that isolation? Um, what, what risks might you have to take? Um, what you don't have to do to not be isolated, like you don't have to have a, a Facebook page and <laughs> get a video of your story and all those things. Um, but but why it's so important not to be isolated in your recovery. And so to start, why don't we just hear your guys' story a little bit about how you came out. You, you say you were isolated, Ashlyn. Um, how did you come up and out of this isolation and into more connection in your recoveries. So I, I think I want you to, Ashlyn, I want to be able to repeat this. Like when we talk isolation, I want to be really specific to give like a real life example from, from the attic of how I isolated. And I, th- and I definitely want to hear yours because I think okay. it, people will identify with this for sure. So for me, um, I, I pretended that I was fine. I pretended like that the weight of the uh, the weight of the addiction was not like a big deal, uh-huh. right? And I put on a face, and and that was to convince everybody else. I was under no delusion myself, right, about about where I was and about the betrayal that Ashlyn was experiencing. Like, I, I knew for a long time, like in 2003, like once you knew what was up, I was under like no delusion. of, uh, And I was I was painfully aware of my shame, although I didn't know that it was. So I would I would put on a face for the people um, I would be in denial um, with you, and I would avoid as well. Um, and on so, top so, of that, so Kobe, there's this, there's this belief that I'm hearing from you, something to the effect of nobody will love me as I am, 
if 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 they knew everything about me or what I who I really was then they wouldn't love me and so that's that shame-based belief that, that pushed you to put on this facade with everybody else even though I'm hearing I'm hearing you say deep down you knew you knew that it was as it, it was as bad as it was you weren't in denial about that you didn't want everybody else to see it right so well, and perfectly said I will add this when you say that it's also the shame of the one who's been betrayed it's this weird like I don't want to tell people what he's done because the shame that will go to him yeah like that protecting and so uh, I think that's part of it too is you isolate to protect yes both of yourselves yes Mm -hmm. no question and and I think let's get back to um, the betrayed in a minute because there's mo- there's many different reasons why isolation starts to happen. Mm. Um, for the addict, what I see a lot of is what you just described, Kobe. Yeah, I would also talk. Um, I would be willing to like own it with like my uh, my church leader, like, and I would uh, when I, when I was compelled to have the conversation or if I felt like really courageous, I would say, yeah, I've had this issue with with porn, but you know, I, I'd be super vague. So I would. So I'd be really vague, and I would give as little detail as possible, just to put it on the radar. But with the idea that I'm not, I don't want to like, I don't want to drill down on what this means. Mm-hmm. So um, I would really speak kind of cryptically, if you will. And as far as with Ashlyn's concern, is like if she didn't talk about it, I never brought it up. Right. Like. Right. Like ever. So if we're gonna talk about like really isolation is concerned, that's it. And I was also compelled to go to twelve step in two thousand six. Was not my choice. But when I did go, how I isolated was I didn't do any of the work. I, I did. I, I, I filled a seat, <laughs> but I was not there. Right. It's, it's interesting what you're saying. You were compelled to go to 12 step. Yeah. So going to 12 step is definitely coming out of isolation. Okay. Right. Yeah. Because you actually went to a meeting True. where other people could see like, hey, that Kobe guy's here. Mm-hmm. Um, yet you were still in a state of isolation. Yes, right? and he went to 12-step like 30 miles away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why'd you go so yeah, far away? I went, I went across town because I didn't want to see anybody. Yeah. <laughs> but like within a month of going, the dude from my church was in the meeting when I walked in one night. So I was like, oh, sweet. This is the awkward moment of like the century. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Yeah, you too? Okay. <laughs> see right. you at church on Sunday with your kids and my, and my wife too. You know, <laughs> It was like, yeah, it was the worst. So I, so I did do that. Um, but, but even still, as far as like, um, I don't know, as far as isolation is concerned before I actually went to 12 step, I would just, and I would also avoid anything hard, Uh like not just, not just, um, addiction, but I would also avoid any confrontation. Right. Right. So because if confrontation came up, then all of a sudden, then this would be thrust on the table. Anything vulnerable in the relationship. Right. To be sure. So if you could keep everybody, especially Ashlyn at an arm's length Mm -hmm. then you were okay totally right you can hear that isolation i'm going to add something this is totally maybe off but we also had totally different friends interesting okay so our friends were like they were fun and they were friends but we never talked about anything vulnerable um we they definitely didn't know that part of our story and um i think we almost like repelled people who wanted to be real or who lived a very real life because it was like I don't want that or we don't have that and we have like a hard marriage so we can't be friends that is totally true when your friends they they emulate or they reflect back your level of fakeness and so if you're really fake 
then you're going to find some fake friends, right? Sure. If you're really disconnected, then you're going to find people who want to be disconnected. And when you're open and you're vulnerable, you're going to find people who want to be open and vulnerable as friends. So that's a good point, yeah. Ashley. We, we isolated. Yeah, we isolated as a couple, to be sure. Yeah, because, okay, so you isolated individually. Um, you isolated as a couple as well, mm -hmm. right? Um, now, Ashton, let's talk about you for a minute. Um, this isolation, you say you were, you were uh, caretaking for or protecting him and his shame. So that's one reason is you feel like, well, this isn't my issue and I don't want to throw it out there to the world because that'll just make him feel bad. Right. It's right? the whole the like episode 25 or six that we talked about last week. I love you. I hate you. It's confusing. Like I you hate what they're doing, but you also love them and want to protect them. Right. So you care about them and you don't want them to go through a lot of judgment, judgment <laughs> of other people and. And so you don't want to open up because you're protecting them. Right. What are some other reasons why why the betrayed isolates? What were some other reasons um, why you I did, felt Ashley? like, well, at first I thought, gosh, I must have like, marriage must be like this. Like this must be everyone's mm -hmm. way of marriage, that they just don't really connect or not super whatever. Um, and then I came to like, wait, my marriage is hard. And some people's is not hard. I could start to see like, at least not as hard as yours. Right. right? Yeah. Like maybe mine isn't normal. Right. And so then it made me want to isolate even more. Like something's wrong with me. Right. Because he's doing this thing. He's connecting with other women. He's watching pornography. He's choosing other people over me. Right. Something's so, wrong with me. So, yeah, d you can hear the, the shame that's triggered totally. within you. What is wrong with me? And I don't want anybody to know that my spouse would, would go do things outside of our marriage. Absolutely. Because therefore that there's a problem with me. I right? and I think because I was that girl who judged people who cheated, I was that girl who judged people who looked at pornography. I mean, it was like, oh yeah, they live in their basement with their mom. Like right. that's right. And then if once a cheater always a cheater, you leave them. Right. I can't believe she stayed or I can't believe he stayed. And so I was so judgmental and then it happened. Then it happened to you <laughs> and it's like, oh my gosh. Oh, the world is not black and white. <laughs> right. Right. And and you know what, Ashlyn, one of the reasons you were you, you isolated is because you were so judgmental. Oh, absolutely. Right? Um, and, and because, because it just showed how much shame you had around something like that. And so, so that's one reason is one, you're protecting him Two, um, you're embarrassed uh, that it and happened judgmental. to you and judgmental, <laughs> <laughs> right? I can own it. I was, <laughs> it, it also brings in for, for the betrayed. Oftentimes I hear this, um, body image and self-worth issues of, I don't want anybody to know about this because I'm not pretty enough. I'm not good enough for him, um, you know, in the bedroom. I'm all of those things. And it's like, I just don't want to share that story because it just means that I'm not enough. Right. right. No, I definitely, I felt like I'm a prude. I'm a prude, right? That's, I, that was my belief. It yeah. wasn't, I have never had really body image stuff, but it was like definitely in the bedroom. I'm a prude. Uh, I'm a prude. So I'm not enough. So, yeah. and I don't want anybody else to know that and know that he's that will be the answer they'll that, they'll automatically that's what it'll say come down to either ashlyn's really mean and that's why he cheated or she's just not she doesn't have sex enough or something right right okay so you guys are talking about all the fears around opening up right so there's all the shame that comes with addiction kobe there's all this fear for the betrayed and the shame as well so why in the world would you do it <laughs> and how do you do it meaning not how do we how do we How'd you start to break out of that fear and that isolation? Uh, well, 
I, I think once again we were we were compelled. You were compelled. No, I, I would no because I think I think really the catalyst to to um, to not isolating the catalyst to to coming out. That sounds really funny because this is not a topic on me coming out because I'm gay. This is a topic of me really just sharing with somebody else. Did you just come out? Maybe I did. <laughs> um, no, but it I will say he had a conversation with a friend that came out and it was like so identical in the theme. So not gonna interesting. Lie. It's very similar, like super similar because there's well, and it would be because there's so much shame. And yeah, yeah, completely. So. Just to bring it back on topic, <laughs> I'm not coming out as gay. Okay, <laughs> like love those who are no judgment. Right. But in truth, how did I actually say it out loud? I've got this issue and I remember exactly where I was. We were in therapy with, ironically enough, a certified sex therapist, not a sex addiction therapist, but a certified sex therapist. Ashton doesn't remember. She's giving no, the, the 11s. I we were okay. And, and, sh and I just said, cause she was trying to explore why Ashlyn might be quote unquote mean to me. And, um, I, I finally just said, well, you can't find anything, but maybe this is an issue, Ashlyn, you know, I've had an issue with, with porn and masturbation. And the woman just stopped and she looked with kind of like big eyes towards me. This is, this is exactly it, Kobe. So Kobe, you mm. go to 12 step, Ashlyn, this isn't on you. So that's when it came out, but we were compelled there. Like we went there because right. I had had my first emotional affair. Right. Not my first, my, the only emotional affair, but I had had an emotional affair and then was caught and then was pulled in by my church leader and the church leader said, I, and I said, Ashlyn's mean. Right. He sent us to therapy. That's when, it, that's really when it came out. So I guess I'm saying this because it's like I had created a mess because of my isolation, because of my addiction right. that compelled me to be in a spot where someone actually said, okay, Kobe, this is an issue for you. And I really, I knew it was an issue, but I didn't know it was an addiction. Interesting. So yes, that kind of got you started, but that was, it was still so small. Like we yeah. made, he made a couple friends at 12 step, mm -hmm. like a couple, and we're still friends with them today mm -hmm. where that was one couple that we felt like we could hang out with them. And we at least knew their truth and they knew our truth. Mm -hmm. We didn't, we didn't talk about it, but we knew they were, you knew working they were on struggling stuff. with yeah, yes. similar issues, but that was right. the only, like that was us coming out of isolation. We right. still did not reach out to family. We did not reach out and talk with friends. Um, we were, I mean, we were the classic couple who was compelled to not isolate anymore. Is that, is that fair to say? Well, and, and it, that, that is such a oxymoron is being compelled to not isolate. So, because what we're talking about when we talk about not isolating, we're talking about living a more open, vulnerable life. And, and so when you're compelled or, or you're, you're being forced to do that, mm -hmm. um, you're still not really being that open. It's like totally. you're being forced to do <laughs> it, was, right? Sure. That was the beginning. Uh, I think when we really started to find that, okay, we're not isolating anymore was when I found the friends through the Togetherness Project. And um, oh, yeah. I realized I wasn't alone. Right. And that really blew my mind. Right. And I realized, okay, so there's more women out there who are feeling the way that I feel and very validating that I'm not crazy. And I, I'm beca I've become a person that I don't want to be. Right. And I can change. Right. And so that kind of opened up my world to, okay, I have a few friends here and there who were mostly through social media. I didn't have still any close friends or family that I was going to. Right. I, I, uh, 
I was talking to a friend yesterday and she said, she was telling me about, she listens to our podcast and she was saying, you know, I was, I was telling, I told my best friend to listen to your podcast and she listened to episode number one or episode number two and she, she broke down crying and she just said, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one going through this and, and someone is actually putting words to what I'm dealing with. And it, and it made her realize I'm, I'm not alone and I can open up and get support and be more honest. Little did she know her best friend was going through the exact same thing and they didn't know that about each other and they were best friends, right? This huge thing in their relationship. So um, I, it's, it's interesting because a lot of my clients that will start to open up to family or roommates or good friends, um, they get all kinds of responses. Sometimes they get, you know, parents trying to fix it and make it all right. Sometimes they get really judgmental people who think you're a pervert and you're horrible and what's wrong with your marriage. Um, but usually when they open up to the, to the right people, the response I hear all the time is, oh my gosh, me too. Like I'm, I'm dealing with this issue too, or I know somebody who is, and I'm here to support you and I love you and I care about you. And that usually is the response. So, um, you started to let talk, talk a little bit, you guys, about when you weren't compelled because you haven't always been compelled to, to open up, Indeed. right? What shifted, what changed to where we were? not isolating because we were not you didn't want to isolate anymore you wanted to connect i'm going to give my answer you can give yours okay so i feel like um that's when we i started doing the work um when i met these women through togetherness project and um, we started at adult recovery and getting specialized therapy and we were one-on-one we were not doing therapy together for the first time in our marriage and um I started connecting with these women. So and, and you guys were in groups, yes, right? You I were a group of women. You were with a group of men. Yes. I did not yeah. do individual therapy. Right. I did individual. Yes. You need to be closer. <laughs> so he did individual. I did group. He did group. And I realized that although our stories were all very different, that we still could connect. And I'm still connected with those women today. Right. In, right. in different ways. But we're connected. And it's because the vulnerability and right. showing up and all of those. So things. when you got in this this setting where there was safety created um, to talk openly about what was really going on, then you started to realize, oh my gosh, when I do share my story with with the with the people who are supportive, it's not going to kill me, right? I I can do this. Was that your experience too, Kobe? Yeah, I mean, it was it was like super, it was insanely nerve wracking. To, to actually go to as much as I wanted to go to Addo <laughs> and get specialized help, and I knew I had to have it. But I had been to 12-step in 2006. I'd been to 12-step in 2012. But when, or 2013, Ashley decided to go for a little bit. Um, but then but when I actually knew, okay, I'm going to go to Addo and sit and do this with the, with the group, I was scared. Right. I was scared. I was nervous. But but it was it's kind of like, it's kind of like, ner- like, the nervousness of it, the the, the, the scared feeling was kind of like a fog. It right. took me a few weeks mm-hmm. to get out of, to move out of, because I realized that the guys in the group, they were like me. Right. And I wasn't alone, and, and they were safe. So once I got out of that, it took, uh, I don't know, probably took me four weeks-ish until I, until I actually was like, 
cool. I get to go to group rather than like, okay, I got to muster up some courage and right. sit in front of these dudes again and like talk about my stuff. But I remember, I don't know if you remember this, Kobe. Uh, so I was the guy at Addo who, who came yeah. in and like promoted. You did, found, you did the foundation. Uh, well, so it started no? with an educational group and okay. which is like a, yeah, foundations group. It's a, you know, four week or six week, just educational group where you don't have that to was come really so good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's Your a great way legit. to start recovery. Um, but it's not vulnerable. It's you come in and you learn and it's like going to a class and it was my job to, to promote the actual long-term therapy groups. And I came in to promote it when, when Kobe was in there and <laughs> no, it was really good because I, I was like, now. Hey, I remember we do these, we do these psychotherapy groups where we get vulnerable you get real you have accountability you have connection you have honesty and before almost before i even got done saying anything you raised your hand and said and, and i was like so if you want to join and you're like uh yes i'm in <laughs> obviously but but i tell that story because at that point in the game kobe although you didn't know how to open up and be vulnerable and be honest you were willing you're, you were saying, okay, it's yeah. time. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm willing. I was. So. And it, it, I don't know. I, I think I think maybe the hardest part about it was um, walking through the door. Yes. Just getting once yourself I walked, Yeah, once I, once I got in, it was like, okay, and I got it. But also it was like, man, I just felt safe. And and when so, – so, so just to speak to the addict and to give a little peek behind the curtain to the betrayed who's listening right now, it is so scary as an addict to acknowledge even to strangers and especially to people who may know that, that you have an issue. It is the scariest, it is the scariest thing because it is the, it is the source of all of the shame that I've ever experienced in life. Mm -hmm. But, but going and, um, I, I've never felt more safe like in my life than, than going there. Cause I just knew that I wasn't going to be, I wasn't going to be judged and I wasn't gonna be cast out because of all the wrong I had committed. Right. Yep. But the, the, um, the thing that heals addiction and heals betrayal is connection. Yeah. And so, but, but you know, what sucks about that. It's the, the scariest thing. It's the last thing that you want to do. Yeah. Um, so it's like I was holding on to isolation, wasn't it? You're holding on to isolation. Then you realized, Oh my gosh, when I open up, I get connected. I don't need my addiction anymore. Um, when you when 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 the betrayed opens up and gets connected, what you realize is, not everybody hurts me, and I can have trust in re my relationships again, um, and and I can overcome my shame or or have some relationships because <laughs> I, I I I now we're, now you said that to trust have trust in relationships. I didn't have friends who were dudes. I had like the the football friends, and I, I and and I had like casual acquaintances but I didn't have friends and I really think and I'm like a super like extrovert and social guy but I never let anybody close right because I never wanted anybody to find out and so one of the things I did do through recovery is is emotionally not just from addiction but but, but I, I stopped isolating as a friend and right. I started to to have friends right right and that is what heals your addiction um, an addict there's there's certain beliefs that they have one is nobody will love me as I am the other is I can't trust others to meet my needs and those two things are things that keep you stuck because once you start to um, realize that other people will love you with your flaws and that other people can meet your needs 
that you can't do this on your own, you need connection to heal, that's when you start to heal. So I want to come back to something you said earlier, which, um, uh, you know, that the scariest part was walking through the door, mm -hmm. right? Um, Will Smith has a great, it's, a, it's on YouTube. Uh, it's like a five-minute clip, and he's talking about skydiving. So, so YouTube, Will Smith skydiving. And, uh, but what he talks about, and uh, he'll tell it much better than I do, but he talks about how he's going skydiving, and for like the, the 24 hours before, he couldn't sleep that night. He was thinking of how he's going to die and how scared he was and how horrible it was going to be. And, um, and so he, he went through all of this agony. It was just terrible agony. And then he jumped out of the plane, and he realized, I'm out of the plane, so what now? And the wind's hitting his face, and he's falling, and he's just like, it was the most freeing wonderful just awesome experience and he realized all of that pain all of that that fear that he had um really was for naught because he was jumping out of the plane anyways <laughs> and the the reality is is it's not as scary as you think that it is um, when you do it when you start to open up start to connect you're going to find that um it's not it it's actually quite freeing yeah. and and not and not as um, shameful as you think that it is. Yeah. So I always said uh, recovery is one giant leap. Mm -hmm. The first step is one giant leap, and then like a zillion baby steps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very true. So, so we're not talking about. Not, you all don't have to to start your own platform and have your own podcast. You can. That'd be awesome <laughs> if you did. We need uh, more of you. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I was talking to a girl this week, and another girl, and she had just written an email to her entire family. Because sh and she ha she has a really big family and she uh, she said I'm tired of being fake with them. Recovery is such a big part of our life, and I just pretend like it's not happening with them. I'm done with that. And um, she she sent that out and um, <coughs> she was saying uh, we were talking about this in group and somebody said, does everybody have to do that to get into recovery? And um, the answer is no. You don't have to share it with the whole world. But everybody does have to connect with somebody to get in recovery. Um, I don't think it's possible to stay completely isolated in what you're going through, both with betrayal or addiction, and find real recovery. Because real recovery comes from being vulnerable. Real recovery comes from being authentic. And, and if you have this big thing that's happened in your life and you're hiding it from everybody, mm -hmm. I don't think you'll ever get there. Yeah, so what you right? just said, though, just to, just to clarify this, what you just said was real recovery can't happen without real connection despite your past D despite the shame right despite and your previous choices despite the addiction despite the betrayal and, and and really what that means as well throwing down another level is real connection real recovery is going to happen when real connection happens when people see the real you right right so this doesn't mean you have to go find your gossip monger aunt that loves to just <laughs> gossip to everyone and say, hey, I got to tell you because <laughs> I got to tell everybody, <laughs> right? But it does mean your closest friends, your um, maybe your siblings that you really trust and to I start and to I will up. say too is that it's likely the people that you're afraid the most to share this with are, are the people who will rally 
around you the uh, most because it's most vulnerable yes to share with them. and and when i say rally what i and, and that that's different for everybody you might have someone who's just like who, who all of a sudden their 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 concern for you all of a sudden ticks up and maybe they send a more consistent text to you mm-hmm. or you might have somebody else who um addresses the issue like head on hey tell me what recovery looks like for you like what what's that what's that been like but but the point is is that you'll find people will love and accept you more than what you think. And and if you're ever thinking worst case scenario, you gotta remember that's only a, a, a byproduct of isolation and shame. Right. right. Meaning worst case scenario, like the, the total rejection, the loss of friendships, all those things, that's simply just from the fear of worst case scenario. And nothing good in life ever happened when we were thinking of worse or, or motivated by worst case scenario. Right, that's true. I I was uh, I was up at the uh, up the college teaching a, a lesson, and I was talking about openness and vulnerability and facing what is. And at the very end of the lesson, this guy stands up, and I was talking about connection too. He stands up and he says, "Hey, I want you all to know that I have this problem, and if any of you struggle with it too, I'm here to support you, and you can come talk to me." And uh, I was just kind of like, whoa, that, that lesson went well. Like I got my point across. And, you know, does everybody have to be like him? No. But you know what? I wish everybody were. Because if we were, then all, all this shame around these issues would dissipate and everybody would be healthier together. And so. Yeah, I, I think, actually, I want to ask you to share what your, your notion was about going to church and everybody having their own signs, really, oh, yeah. which is just kind of like a, a physical manifestation of coming out of Right. Stage. I wish we could go to church and everyone wears a name tag around their neck saying, like, this is my struggle, because I think there would be more empathy and true Christianity, if you're a Christian, if that were the case. Um, I just wanted to say also, with we talk about shame so much, especially on this episode, but a lot of people don't even understand, well, now how do I get over all that? Right. And so for me, that's where the for both of us, I think because we chose to share so publicly, there was a lot of work done on shame resiliency. Uh And we did this, right. And um, when Kobe asked me to, he said, I want to share this openly. I was very like, I think over and over I kept saying, but Brene Brown says that you shouldn't share your story if like, if you're afraid of the result, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not okay with people not liking you, not accepting you, right. you're not ready. And so I just kept saying, are you okay with that? Are you okay if people unfriend you on Facebook or if they unfriend you in real life? And he was like, I don't care. Like he right. truly wanted to help people see that you can change. Right. And I think that is the biggest part. If you, we're not talking about sharing openly, but if you are choosing to share openly, make sure that your shame resilience is high. And and I would say that the big catalyst behind that sharing like that on such a public platform in such a way, it, people would, and people, many people have said, man, that took so much courage, but it had nothing to do with courage. It had nothing mm. to do with courage. It had everything to do with my shame resilience because it didn't like sharing did not require cur- it wasn't it wasn't because if, if, if it's courage if, if it's courage you're, you're weighing all of a sudden courage it's vulnerable and fear. you weren't you weren't in fear well, well i, I we've wasn't heard in fear. people share their story with courage 
right. deep in shame. They did. Right. They can't even say I'm an. I look at porn because it's so shameful. Right. Right. And, but they're sharing their story in a courageous so, way. Right. So that takes a lot of courage to be able to do that for someone who's just not sure how people are going to react. But for me, it wasn't a matter of okay. In order for me to not be afraid, I have to have courage. Take fear and courage off out of the conversation completely. It had everything to do with I knew who I was, and I was confident in who I I I, I am. So who cares what they think about right. you? So it's yeah. just this is your this story. Is, this is motivated yeah. from a place of I know how dark and isolated that place can be. Right. But I know how, how much brighter, how exponentially brighter hope can be for someone who's in that dark place. So we're going to share this. So again, had nothing to do with courage, had everything to do with shame resilience. And, um, and honestly, that really came from me forgiving myself. Absolutely. That's where it comes from. You know, y y you both of you guys are just amazing examples of shame resiliency. And I, I think that's why a lot of people connect to you. Because what you talk about is very vulnerable. And to, to open up about your story the way that you do, um, like we keep saying, everybody doesn't have to do that. Yeah. But notice what happens when you do, when you, uh, when you are as open as you guys are. One, you get connection from people mm -hmm. um, on a real level. Um, two, I imagine your recoveries are, are so blessed by being this open and talking this freely about it, right? That there's no bit of continued isolation and shame there pushing or driving an addiction or, or the, the betrayal trauma, right? I mean, really that's, I mean, th that, that's true. And, and I don't think we probably talk it, talk about it in those terms, although you just did. Mm -hmm. That's not part of the conversation that Ashley and I have, but it's really just a matter of like, it's a matter of, I don't know, helping. It's a matter of just like this person needs help. They need but hope. I think like, yeah, we do live in a, a different way of recovery because nothing is off topic for us. Like we right. can have a normal conversation together that would be extremely hard for most people. Right. But it's normal for us. Right. And it wouldn't have been normal for us five years ago. Right. <laughs> but it's not even low. Yeah, could you imagine coming in for this episode five years ago? This would not yeah. have happened. We would not have shown up. But, and, I, and I think that's exactly why people need to have hope that despite where they are right now, they can recover from betrayal and from addiction, but both can also recover from the shame of betrayal and the shame of addiction. And again, like you said, and you've repeated, it doesn't need to be this big public platform, but you can really own the fact that you've changed and you can feel secure and, and be full of self-love and compassion. All right, so this is what I want our audience to do, okay? Um, I challenge you guys, if, if you are in this position, if you're listening to this as the addict and you haven't opened up to anybody, or if you're the betrayed and you're, you're stuck and isolated in your marriage and don't know what to do, um, just start with one person this week. Um, sit down, think it through. Who is the safest person for you to share your story with? And then just share your story. Just start there and, 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 and open up um, and say, you said earlier, the, the things that you're most afraid of, say those things to that person. Yeah. And then let them know that you just need support. You need somebody to love you. You need somebody to just hear you. And it could and be just like, when, when you say support, it could be like when you're really specific Larry, I'm going to share some with you, and all I need you to do is just listen 
and then not run for the hills. <laughs> yeah, seriously, like just hear me. Like you got, I love the name Larry. Yeah, <laughs> but that, that's it. I think you can be that prescriptive with this person that you trust the most. Because if you trust them the most, you can probably trust that they're not going to be like Larry and run for the hills, right? Right. I'm going to add, when I um, decided to share, I found someone who I thought was, I viewed as the least judgmental person. So, Mm -hmm. like, look at their Facebook. Like, you know these people, right? Right. If they're posting things that are judgmental, they're probably not the person you want to tell. When I did tell a friend who I didn't judge it accurately enough, there was a lot of judgment that came. Right. And so I just told the wrong person. Right. Right. That's a good point. And and you know what? We have that internal gauge of, like, are they safe or not? And, And if you think about it and there's nobody in your life that's safe, then go create that safe person. And it might be on your own, you end up at a 12-step group and try to meet some people that you can be vulnerable with. Um, or or you, just, you just try to find those people in your life because they are out there. Supportive, loving, helpful people are, are out there for you. And I'm going to add, if you're going to go to those 12 steps, make sure you stay after because there is no crosstalk at connection <laughs> during 12 <laughs> that, steps. That, that's true. That's true. Or, or it's a therapy group, like wh- where you guys that found it, you right? you will find connection in. Yeah. Yeah. So have hope. Oh. Have hope that on the other side of this really scary thing of, of sharing that there's support and, and there's love despite the things that you loathe the most about yourself. Jump out of that plane and, and enjoy the wind on your face yeah. a little bit. Right. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. So, guys, um, we want you to share this, but Ashlyn has a new idea on how you can share this if you don't want to oh. post this on your personal Facebook page for fear of <laughs> right. people uh, of outing yourself. Definitely. You can always share things privately. You can, um, especially our podcast is no one knows who you're following us or sharing or even leaving reviews. Even like in a, in a Facebook message. If you want to send it in a Facebook message um, or even a direct message on Instagram, it can be done. We've had people say like, oh my gosh, I want to share that episode with my friends. I don't even think they're struggling with betrayal or addiction, but that ep- they need to hear that you know how do I do that and I think one you do what we've talked about in this podcast today which is own your story and share it anyways yeah um, or to do what Ashton just said <laughs> so totally. yeah because uh, really you can still own it in a private way yeah, <laughs> yeah you can own it in a private way but I think having that challenge from from Brandon I, I think that was a super appropriate challenge because there can be a lot of there can be a lot of people who could sleep easier right. tonight having listened to this. Yep. Awesome. All right, you guys. See ya.